Hey, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment of the Common Sense Show. This is Dave Hodges, and as you know, we're the show. We're still the show. That is Freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad we could be with you. We're going to have a gentleman on, and we're going to get into a topic, an astro topic, astronomical topic, a topic that all of you better pay attention to because it could come home to roost on all of us. We're going to be talking about what could be approaching the Earth, not once, but several times. And something that was actually foretold by Warner Von Braun and his assistant, Carol Rosen, who I had the privilege to have a fascinating conversation with, oh, probably about 10 years ago. Anyway, we are brought to you by, well, people who pay the bills, but people who actually keep you alive. You need storable food. You've seen what's happened. Food inflation has gone now from 300% to 400% from last year. China has the Three Gorges Dam problem, and if that goes, they're going to be a huge buyer in the international market. What will that do to food prices, food inflation, and food availability? Well, I think you already know the answer, so you need to step it up. MPS has the very best there is, best quality, best tasting, best variety, 25-year shelf life, and they have a $100 off offer, special, on the four-week package. We had one guy the other day order 100 of them, and I said, why are you ordering so many? And he said, Dave... This is going to be needed, and this is the cheapest food of its quality that's available. So with that in mind, go to preparewithdave.com. And where you have food, you need water. And we have the best water filtration system in the world, and we've got the research on the website to prove it. And that website is waterwithdave.com, and they're offering the product for 40% off while supplies last. The AquaPure Pro water filter, the research is there, and you can say, hey, this is really good. This is number one. Keep in mind, in a prolonged uh, conflict, a prolonged anything, on the fifth day, the Naval War College says waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. Don't be a victim. In fact, I have three of these because things get lost, things get broken, things get stolen. And I can't be without this. Waterwithdave.com for the water. Preparewithdave.com for the food. And now we're going to go to John Wayne, our special guest. And we'll let you tell all about himself as we evolve through this interview. And he's got a radio show we're going to introduce you to as well. But we're going to be talking about things from out there that could be making an untimely and unpleasant visit to us down here. John, welcome to the show. Really glad you could join us. I wish we were talking about more pleasant things as if we don't already have enough to worry about with Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the riots, and of course, uh, you know, the coronavirus lockdown. So, man, oh man, I hate to ask, they say bad things come in threes, is this number three? You know, it very well possibly could be, Dave, and... Um, you know, my research is all over the place as it is with everybody else, you know, all the events transpiring across the paradigm that we see uh, unfolding before our very eyes. And, you know, one of the things that um, we all face as a cataclysmic event could be an impact event from, you know, let's say space. And there's many ways that this can happen and it could take place and you know not only from the rocks and there are some that we're going to talk about um, right now um, this uh, beautiful afternoon about these uh, three rocks Uh, we'll get to them in due time but I wanted to kind of throw out there um, the possibilities of these uh, weapons platforms that are being put in space as well you know because these uh, tungsten rods 
which are relatively cheap compared to uh, general munitions, you know, explosives, uh, bombs, uh, JNAMs, BUs, and things to this effect. They're relatively cheap, and to be put in space, you know, um, SpaceX has been putting a lot of stuff in space lately. And within the next 10 years, they're saying they want to have 42,000 objects. They're calling them satellites, but I uh, would assure you that uh, the majority of these are probably weapons platforms of the likes of which I'm mentioning. And we know that DARPA and the Defense Department and um, these uh, agencies are very interested in SpaceX and uh, pumping a lot of money into this uh, corporation. Now, the explosion that took place in Beirut, Lebanon, we've all seen the uh, thermal images of what we can purport to be a projectile. And that explosion that took place in uh, Beirut, Lebanon is extremely um, reminiscent to the explosion that took place in Tianjin, China in 2015, of which knocked Tiani 1 off of its, uh, you know, literally knocked it offline which sent ripples through the stock market in 2015. But if the thing is, though, if they have these uh, exotic weapons platforms, a rod from God or, you know, uh, tungsten carbide uh, poles the size of a telephone pole, they can literally enact what could be purported to be an asteroid strike. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, Werner von Braun was telling Carol Rosen, you know, first it's going to be the asteroid strike or the impact events. And with that being said, you know, he said that will be the first thing, and then after that it will be the ETs. You know, and we know about Project Firesign and Project um, Bluebeam. And these are, you know, very real. These are things that have been in the works for a very long time. So the Pentagon's new superweapon is basically a weaponized meteor strike. You know, so we've got these three events coming. The, or these three dates, or they could purport to turn into events if there is something that happens and takes place. But the way I look at this, we do know that NASA does do a lot of um, fabrication with some data. There is a possible involvement of a cover-up with the approach of Apophis in 2029. And these three asteroids, uh, which are all Apollo class, you know, I'm going to give three dates here, and I'm going to give the, uh, uh, the, the designation numbers first and then the dates. So 2011, ES-4 is about an 89-foot uh, diameter uh, Apollo-class asteroid. And the trajectories that I've seen on these, it looks like an almost probable impact event with all three of these. And the first one here, like I said, 2011 ES-4 is September 1st. The second one is September 22nd, but the interesting thing about this, and I wanted to get your take on this as well, so 2011 ES-4 September 1st is being tracked by NASA. 2018 SB-13, which has been said to have a non-miss incident, is being tracked by the European Space Agency, but not NASA. That sounds absolutely nefarious to me. Does that sound the same to you, Dave? Yeah, why not NASA? That's the question. Right. That speaks to militarization. 
You know, and, and absolutely. And with the thing with the impacts or the trajectories that I've looked at on the NEO uh, near Earth uh, orbit, uh, Earth uh, close approaches uh, website from NASA, they're showing this one on September 1st as, let's say, the planet rotates around the sun. This first one comes in behind the planet and it makes impact. Now, 2000 and SB 13, the Earth literally intersects it. Right, so the Earth impacts this space rock in this trajectory. If you can kind of paint the picture in your mind's eye. Now, these are very serious things, and you know, don't I want to make this absolutely abundantly clear? Don't shoot the messenger. And if these events do not transpire, we do not see anything or hear anything. You have to understand that the Earth is, uh, you know, 85% uh, covered in water. So these things could, you know, make an impact event or an airburst incident over the ocean. But if they do strike, just understand that you've been warned that this is a very big possibility. And we have seen, uh, you know, there's impact craters all over the Earth. Um, this third object, I want to get to it, and then I'll turn the mic back over to you, Dave, um, is 2018 BP-1. And it is dated for impact on November 2nd. But the thing about this space rock is it, it is relatively small compared to these other two. It's only about seven foot in diameter, but it could still cause a pretty decent airburst incident. Um, that, yeah, I'm familiar with the mechanics of what you're talking about with the seven foot one, but it's not an extinction level event by any means. No, absolutely not. It'll disrupt communications in a specific area, pose a threat to aircraft in the near area you would hope that aircraft would be warned off before that would happen uh but the other two have my attention what were the sizes again um the uh let's see here two i went all back to the top of my bookmarks here um 2011 es4 i'm gonna click on it here and pull it up um it's uh so 2011 es4 is Roughly, well, it is an Apollo near-Earth asteroid. It's roughly 25 meters or 82 feet. Excuse me, I was, uh, you know, uh, I said 89, but 82 feet in diameter. It was discovered on March 2nd, 2011, when the asteroid was about 0.054 astronomical units from Earth, and it had a solar elongation of 159 degrees. It passed closest approach to Earth on March 13th, 2011. And the asteroid has a short observation arc of four days and has not been observed since March 2011. The asteroid is, is, is expected. See, they're not going to come out and tell you that these things are more than likely going to impact. But it says the asteroid is expected to pass within one lunar distance of Earth in early September of 2020. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, like I said, 2011 ES-4. Now I'll go to uh, this uh, SB-13, 2018 SB-13, and this here is actually from the ESA, if I can get it to work. You know, I find it really interesting, Dave, when I uh, do my own broadcasts, um, I can have all the bandwidth in the world to do all my research and read what I want to read whenever I want to read it, but when I go on air and I start broadcasting, it is like somebody has literally turned the dial down to zero. Um, yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> so here it is, uh, 2018 SB 13. I'm looking through what they've got here. Diameter, it says 40. It has a 40 and then an asterisk, so 40 meters. 
I would assume, uh, M behind that. 40 meters is the size? Yes, I that's would assume huge. that's what it says. It says diameter 40 meters, uh, absolute magnitude 25. So this, I'm, I'm reading this literally from the ESA, European Space Agency, uh, 2018 SB13, and this is the object that's not being tracked by NASA. And yes, it says a diameter of 40 meters, and I don't know what that would equate to in feet off the top of my head. I don't either, but it's big. Right. Uh, you know, it's something I don't want landing in my backyard, <laughs> you know, or air bursting over my tiny little uh, community. I mean, this thing would possibly obliterate us, you know, us, you know, Manhattan or, you know, whatever the or case worse. may be. Or worse, right. You know, there was a talk. I don't remember. I, I remember hearing somewhere, and I don't know. You might have to clarify on this, too. I don't know if you've heard the same thing. But there was talk of a possible impact event in Paris. Do you remember hearing anything about this? Yeah, and I kind of let it go. I didn't follow, but I did. It did. It did come to my attention. Right. I just thought of that off the top of my head. That's why I figured I'd mention it. You know. Um, wow. But regardless, where we are right now in space and time is is absolutely sketchy. I mean, we are in a shooting gallery. And I've heard some of your broadcasts, Dave, where you're mentioning um, these perturbations of the rocks in the asteroid belt, and there's something out there moving things around. Yes, there is. Ju Jupiter, and we noticed this just from our, looking through our telescope in our backyard, Jupiter has uh, changed its luminosity recently. Do you have any information on that? Well, I had Celeste Solomon here um, two weekends ago. And she mentioned something that I was uh, kind of unaware of. She said that there was an energy wave, kind of like a tachyon belt wave, I guess, to a certain extent would be a good way to explain it, that was moving through our solar system and had stripped the atmosphere off of Pluto. Now, if that's the case, then obviously this thing is still traveling towards us, and that very well could be something that may play into that effect. Dave, you know, I've noticed that too. You go out of the, go out in the yard of a night, a crystal clear night, and Jupiter is just absolutely blazing in the night sky. You know, um, so there's a lot of stuff going on up there that we don't know of. And then um, there was this energy wave that hit the Earth. I believe it was September. No, not September. August is here. June, July, August, September. It, it, it might. No, uh, January, February, March. I think it was March 23rd. I might be wrong. It might have been June 23rd. But it was the 23rd of one of them two months that the Earth was hit by a magnetic wave. And it resonated for 30 minutes all around the globe. And scientists or uh, professionals around the Earth have no idea what it was. Hmm. I have no idea either. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in contact with Marshall Masters and uh, Gil Brassard, and we've done a few programs or broadcasts about, um, you know, Planet X or P7X or Planet, you know, you know, this existential body. And I do believe that it exists. I do believe that it's out there. And with Gil Brassard's timeline, with all of his biblical, um, you know, uh, research, not only biblical, but uh, scriptures, uh, Hebraic, uh, Quran, I mean, every form of scripture is 
pointing to this thing that has come and it has passed before and we're getting ready to experience this same thing again um, and the dates that I was given on that was May 1st of next year I hope you can't hear them notifications in the background this dinging you can't hear no no dinging. I can't hear that at all no oh, okay no I, I just am trying to make sense out of this um, are you of the opinion these are manipulated events is that where we're going with this you know, that's a very good question, and I can see how that could very possibly be constructed. You know, um, the space program has um, had a lot of money pumped into it in the dark, or, you know, dark areas, so to say. And one of the things I've been saying it lately, I know it just sounds completely far out and left field that people are just going to roll their eyes into the back of their head, but they're dead set on going to Mars if we're not already there and some of this stuff I think they're putting up in space they are literally sending off to Mars to begin to begin to be building um, you know colonies through 3d printing so I've said and I've proposed this that when these um, I guess for lack of a better term bastards go to flee the planet to get to Mars they're going to direct space rocks that they have, you know, harnessed and just throw them at the Earth to destroy the Earth behind them on their way out. I know that sounds so science fiction and so out of the left field of the ballpark that it just sounds insane. But I believe that they do have that said technology, Dave. I'm pretty sure that they can harness these or direct them in such a way to where they could have them strike the Earth. If not that, then they would use the space-based weapons platform to say or purport it to be an asteroid strike hmm. so you have developed a hypothesis that Elon Musk is going to lead a massive landing party recolonization effort Plymouth Mars if you will mm -hmm. and uh, they don't want any remnants of uh, earth and it's evil so they'll destroy the earth after they leave Right. You know, um, it sounds absolutely almost ludicrous, mm. but, you know, I can foresee this happening. You know, um, the thing is, is, I don't know if you've seen the Starship, um, you know, uh, uh, SpaceX's Starship. They just did a 150 meter hop with this thing, a test flight, a few, I think it was last week. I mean, this thing is massive, it's huge. And they took this thing and they hopped it in the air 150 meters, you know, working out all of the, um, you know, mathematical rocket science to get this thing into orbit. Okay, let's go down this road. What's their motivation? <sighs> I don't, you know, that's a bad, I don't know, that's a good question. I wish I knew. Um, I think their motivation is that they know that this planet is, you know, it goes through extinction level events. We see what's going on with the sun, how it was uh, dormant for 900 and some plus days. And we see that it's coming back to life. We were just hit by a uh, coronal ejection here, uh, I think it was last week. And they know that something is getting ready to fundamentally change the face of the earth, of the earth forever. You know, I mean, and we can uh, jump into scripture as well with this. You know, the uh, earth was burned up. Three quarters of the earth was burned up. 
you know, and all the other stuff that goes along with all of that. So, but they, I think they know, Dave, they know beyond a reason of any other doubt that something is coming or something is getting ready to cleanse the earth, if not themselves, by doing it so that they won't be chased through the cosmos. You know, I mean, if they can go ahead and start uh, transforming or terraforming, there we go, terraforming Mars, and, you know, use that to jump further out into the galaxy or the uh, solar system, if you will, well, then it's kind of like, you know, you look at Star Wars, these science fiction movies, well, you know, the Empire was trying to eradicate the uh, rebellion existence. Um, so if they make it off planet, eventually somebody here on Earth will develop the technology to go behind them or follow them or chase them uh, throughout the cosmos. I mean, I know it sounds so out of this world, Dave, but you know as well as I know, um, especially with your dad working within the intelligence agencies, that... Uh, that we do have an off-planet space force. You know, Gary McKenna from the United Kingdom uh, hacked into NASA, and they wanted to take him and literally, you know, throw him away, you know, lock him up and throw away the key. If he hadn't found anything, and if they weren't worried about anything, then they wouldn't have went after him the way that they did to try and, you know, bring him to justice. So we know that there is a space force, you know, and it's now official with the uh, new arm of the armed forces. Okay. I, um, I think you're on to something here. Um, I want to explore it, but you're going to have to walk us through it because I don't know enough about it to talk about it. I think you're saying we're playing a game of asteroid har um, hostage. And um, how are they going to keep the people from finding out about what's coming in? Amateur See, astronomers abound. See, that's the thing. I, I mean, I think they've done it for such a long time that they've been the, had the ability to do this. Um, but, see, I, it depends on how long they've known about all this. So you, I don't know if you remember. I think it was uh, the New York Post in 1984 or 87, somewhere around there, was running articles about, oh, we've discovered this new planetary body that is affecting our solar system. You know, we've, we, we've seen it now, and they've got images of this. And the story goes as the governments would say, well, you know, would you want to inform the people and have everybody living in an absolute, absolute uh, unprecedented state of fear for 44 or 50 years? Or would you not tell anybody at all and just let things go as they will be or you know, unfold as they uh, can or will? And then when the event happens, it just happens and then people will react accordingly. You know, um, so I don't think, that, you know, they won't tell anybody. I mean, this, you know, when people start to see it, it will start to be reported across alternative media. First, the alternative media will force the Ministry of Smoke and Mirrors, the MSM, to pick it up and then begin broadcasting about it. Now, I don't know if you've uh, heard Tom Horn's uh, Wormwood prophecy, the vision that he was given, but that is, I guess, about as close to understanding what I think is going to happen in the not-too-distant future. Mm -hmm. um, are, they, are they coming out of anywhere near Jupiter? I'm thinking of a way, can we link together what I think is going on with Jupiter and the asteroid belt to, um, to what you're talking about here? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I believe so. A lot of these are coming from the asteroid belt in between Mars and Jupiter. And, um, you know, they're Apollo-class asteroids, which are pretty decent size. And there is something out there moving them. And if you want to extrapolate, then we can run from there. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's what I suspect. And when I was first getting information on Jupiter, I was getting the notion that... Uh, the uh, asteroids are being artificially manipulated. They could be coming our way. Uh, something has happened with Jupiter. Uh, they were talking about a, a, perhaps a minor pole shift or a nudge out of its uh, constant orbit, uh, you know, kind of like a wobble. And it was affecting the asteroid belt, affecting the luminosity for this time of year. And I said, well, I do see a change in luminosity. My wife even noticed it, too. So it is very, very interesting. Um, Annie DeRiso is a lady who hosts all these uh, UFO conferences, and um, she used to be my news director for six and a half years. Mm -hmm. And she just sent me something before we went on air. Let me just read you the title. Okay. The and she's well aware of my dad's background. The secret space program whistleblowers claim we have technology one thousand years ahead of our time. Um, so let's take the space force. First of all, my dad told me, he said, we have to have a secret space program. He told me this in 1984, and I said, why do you say we have to? He said, because we were developing things that never ended up in NASA. Where else would it go? And I mm -hmm. said, that's a good point. Uh, and and he and then as I found out as I grew older that uh, there was indeed a secret space program. But now, John, we're looking at a situation where we have the Space Command. It what was private has now become public, pretending to be brand new when it's not. Right. And and are they the good guys, bad guys? Are they going to try to stop this? Are they facilitating it? What do you think? See, that's the thing. You know, I, I, it depends on whose fingers are on the button, I guess, right? So do the White Hats or the Black Hats have control of this? Well, I mean, I would purport that the president has full control of it and it is it, that it is well positioned within the good guy's hands. But we know as well that there are bad actors within a lot of these agencies. So it could go either or. You know, who has the vast, the vast majority of the control? I think the good guys for the time being. Now, the president went underground, I believe. Now, I don't know this for fact, I'm just stating from what I think on my own uh, cognitive responses, um, how the president said, you know, you may not see me for a while. And then when he left the White House, all the press or all the staff was outside watching the president leave the White House. And then the picture that was taken from uh, Marine One towards the White House, I, I've never, ever seen a picture taken like that. Have you, Dave? No. From Marine no. One to the White House. No, never, never. Never ever either. I, so he went somewhere, and I mean, by goodness, I wouldn't doubt it if he is literally sleeping in the bottom of Cheyenne Mountain every night. Because of fears for his safety. Yes, fears for his safety and that strike that hit Lebanon. Well, I'm pretty sure the president doesn't want whatever that was landing on his head. Well, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that came from Netanyahu. He threatened I to do it so in the too. same area two years ago. So I, you yep. know. Yeah, he convicted himself with his own words. And, uh, right. and and Trump, you know, although he's moving towards the third temple and he's done that, Trump is not bending over for Netanyahu at all. Nope, uh, he's not. You know, and, uh, Netanyahu in 1990 uh, said something to the effect that, you know, um, 
we don't like any of these countries, and what we're going to do is we'll fatten them up like a calf or a cow, and then we'll uh, butcher it up and then sell it off piece by piece until nothing's left. You know, um, that's pretty ominous, and why would anybody in their right mind want to work alongside somebody that wants to do that to, to your own country? It, it's completely uh, mind-boggling. You know, and I don't want to get into the Zionistic side of it. We know that there's good factions and bad factions, right? There's good factions on Capitol Hill, there's bad factions. There's good factions in Jerusalem, there's bad factions. So the mass majority of it all, though, is being rolled out and scripted in such a way to make it purport to follow, you know, Scripture. But we know that that's been um, doctored and redacted and reconfigured uh, over 25, or I, mean, I think it's like 250,000 times the Vatican and you know I mean there's all kinds of areas that we can run with this but I wanted to say you know uh, Dave in 2000 2016 I believe um, we went and purchased a new vehicle in the capital city of the state for which I reside and there was a massive deluge of rain that collapsed supposedly one of the runways of the airport now, that's the only way I can remember and exactly recall the exact date. It was October 24th of 2017. There we go. I had to, you know, now I thought about it. But I saw a craft. And mind you, this thing was no further than eight miles from the Air National Guard um, fighter wing, you know, at the International Airport or the National Airport. Or, you know, you get what I'm saying. And this craft, it was not of anything I've ever seen before. It was a huge metallic sphere, and it just literally drifted between these two clouds like it was just meant for me to see it. Now, you're not going to tell me that the Air Force, with their control tower, not no more than 8.5 miles away, didn't see that. So that leads me to believe that what I saw is probably ours. And it was an absolutely magnificent sight. I'll never forget it as long as I live orchestrated um and let's go back to what you said about warner von braun um first it'll be the asteroids impact events and then it'll be aliens ets mm -hmm. uh had a meeting series of meetings with my dad when he became terminally ill 1984 1985 and we talked about this and uh he said the german scientist he was working with had told him they got the technology from ets and my dad said, well, did you ever meet him? They said, no, but our commander did. And my dad remained skeptical as to whether or not they were really ETs in the traditional sense and meaning of the word, meaning from another planet. He said, I would very much buy spiritual, demonic entities. He said, these people were all into the occult. And he said, we knew this about them before World War II started. And he said, I would buy that. Um... And so when you've got this kind of story coming forward, my dad told me in 1984, he said, yeah, he said, the physics we have can manipulate heavenly bodies from afar. And I said, why? He goes, interdimensional phasing. And he, he described the process to me. And then he said, but he said, if I were going to take over the earth, and if there were really no aliens, which I don't think there are, and I was to concoct the threat, he said, number one, I would hit the earth with a massive series of small meteor showers designed to disrupt communications, take away power, make people desperate, people are starving, and now you've got a willing audience. And then here come the aliens, he said, either to save us 
or we have to save ourselves from this and this reunites us under one and he said this in 1985 one communist government and he said this would be a way to consolidate power based on a facade and I've never let go of that and Project Bluebeam is still very much part of our lexicon today um, do you have a feel for this uh, you know, I, I I believe so, and I you know they've uh, they've got the technology, um, all the chemtrailing and the uh, uh, the altercation or the alterations that they've done in the upper atmosphere and the ionosphere, so they can reflect something off of that. That does exist, you know. And then there's also Operation Fire Sign or Project Fire Sign. It's basically the same idea. And this, uh, these uh, forms of technology work on such a level that the human being will be in such a form of awe and awestruck from what they're seeing projected in the sky that they will truly believe that it is the return of uh, the you know uh, Yeshua or um, the the uh, you know alien invasion. You see, see, they want everybody pointing the rifles at the sky, Dave. You know. And this coming back of God and his army, the myriad of myriad of angels, well, obviously the evil doers on this planet would, you know, want everybody to try and fight that and say, oh, we're being invaded. In all reality, no, we're not. We're being saved. You know, there's so many things to talk about in this area. And I wanted to mention something because what your dad told you fits into this here. And it's called a kinetic bombardment or a kinetic orbital strike and it is the hypothetical act of attacking a planetary surface with an inert projectile from orbit where the destructive where the destructive power comes from the kinetic energy of the projectile impacting at very high speeds the concept originated during the cold war with uh, you know the lazy dog um, projectiles uh, the flesh yes that they would drop in the jungles of uh, korea and vietnam now I mean, this would purport to be what would you know you could say is, you know you can say that this was an asteroid strike. I mean, it's just insane to look at the technology and to understand what they can do, and then not only that, but how they can manipulate the people. We see what they've done with this COVID nineteen thing, of which you know I'm not saying that there's not something out there killing people because you know people die every day, but I believe that a lot of this is fabricated to put us into a form of bondage and slavery. You know, I'm not trying to detract or derail or go anywhere from the conversation. I'm just, my my gray matter is moving about 900 million miles an hour right now, Dave. Understood. That is perfectly understandable. So, is this um, a combination demonic, spiritual alliance, for lack of a better term, with the Democratic Party for the takeover of this planet? Absolutely, beyond any beyond any doubt, that is exactly what it is. We know these people are full uh, fledged Luciferian. Uh, we know that they are Satanists. Uh, we know that they perform ninth circle satanic rites, rituals, and sacrifices. This is a very real thing, and this is what these uh, entities or evil people. You know, they're not human beings. By goodness, they're not human beings by no means or any long stretch of the imagination. They are full evil, and they are completely inundated in this form of Canaanite Baal worship. You sound a little bit like my friend Ted Brower, um, where he talks about Baal quite a bit. 
Um, well, you know, they, they raised them, uh, the uh, Arch of Ball, you know, uh, they're in New York, London, I think, uh, Paris, right outside the, uh, the uh, not, well, not, I mean, Paris, London, the United States, I think, and then uh, Rome. So, it's, it's really something to behold. I mean, and, you know, they've been studying or uh, practicing this religion for thousands of years, you know, it's predates almost basically everything um, in our own modern age is what we would call uh, scripture and literature and religion. It's got my attention. I, I don't know what to do with it. I will give you another sidebar confirming factor. It's a minor point, but it fits the paradigm. A number of years ago, the Democratic Party took God out of the platform. For mm -hmm. them to do what they're doing, that makes perfect sense. That's right. You know, uh, they took God out of the courthouse. They took God out of the schools. I mean, they've even come to the point of uh, literally taking God out of the churches. You know, um, they've shut down the churches. And remember a few years ago, they were saying, well, you know, um, this cross is offensive, so we must remove it. Or you can't place a cross in your front yard. So I did a broadcast specifically on this, and I told the people listening, I said, hey, if they tell you not to, you know, to take your cross out of your front yard, put up 500 more inundate your yard with them because it'll show a message that we're not going to put up with it so I gave that broadcast and this was probably about five years ago when this was all going on and they're trying to remove the crosses when this community just north of me I'd say maybe about 35 or 40 miles and they you know the people did what I said to do everybody started just placing crosses everywhere and the, the municipality just kind of threw their hands in there and said well we dropped the ball on that one. You know, we can't do nothing about it. And that's what it's going to take, Dave, is for every single, I don't care what your race, creed, religion, your understandings of being is, every single individual needs to band arm in arm, hand in hand, and march back against the common enemy. And that common enemy is a commie fascist, socialist, dictatorial rule through technocracy and medical tyranny. Yeah, don't leave that one out. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't don't forget um, that one. <laughs> yeah, I uh, had a visit with a nurse this morning, and um, she, I said, uh, "Are you guys going to take the vaccine?" And she said, "No. Uh, three fourths of us on this ward will quit our jobs before we take the vaccine." She goes, "The other quarter need the job." And uh, she said, "I'll walk away." And you're right, medical tyranny. There we go. It's medical tyranny. By the way, this is kind of a sidebar, but I want to break this here. This is interesting. I found out today why um, they're putting down chloroquine so badly. Hmm. They put down chloroquine. Uh, they, they get it out of the way and say it can't be used for the virus. Then they can mandate vaccines because that's the only available treatment. If the chloroquine's a viable option, then they can't mandate the vaccines under federal law. Isn't that interesting? My goodness. I mean, That's why so they nefarious. came after these doctors, those frontline doctors so hard. Yep, that's uh, right. Because it's interfering in their profit motive. Yep, well, you know, and then the president just threw a big wrench into their gears just yesterday, you know, with this uh, pharmaceuticals and the uh, price gouging. You know, he took a lot of money from a lot of people, and they're not going to be happy. You know, um, well, he just said they're. Not, <laughs> you may not be seeing me in public for a while. Right. Uh, and, and he 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 doesn't want to go to Dealey Plaza. 
Mm-mm. Oh, no. Uh-uh. We don't need that. This country would be, oh, my goodness, Dave, I don't even want to even begin to imagine what that something, an incident like that would do to this country. I mean, uh, this, this we would go into meltdown over a period of 24 hours, the whole entire country. It is amazing um, what's going on. Well, um, what are we to do with this information? I think it's a credible threat. I'm concerned. I'm concerned especially because I think you mentioned somewhere in what you sent me that one of the impact points will be in Cascadia in the upper northwest. Yes, um, that was a warning that was given to me from somebody that has uh, friends within, um, if you get what I mean, um, within the agencies. And he used to work within the agencies himself, uh, within uh, platforms, you know, space platforms and things to this effect and geolocation and uh, tracking. And he was saying uh, that it was going, it was purported to be an impact event between the 5th and 8th of this month. Like you said, that time frame is already passed on. But, you know, if it hasn't happened, well, then that means that the information, it might have been valid and true and got out there to some people say, hey, man, this might happen. So that leads me to believe that these coming impact events could be man-made and then blamed on celestial objects. But yes, uh, Washington State, Oregon, and California, and you know as well as I know all the tectonic activity that's been happening and the volcanism, um, the 7.5 earthquake that happened up there uh, just southwest of Alaska, all that energy transfers down into the Juan de Fuca, and it builds up there. We haven't seen much energy transfer out of that earthquake yet for its magnitude, but we did have a 5.2 on the east coast just yesterday. So the Juan de Fuca and the Madrid Fall Zone, uh, you know, hunker down, prepare, you know, uh, make sure you got food, water, you know, guns, gold, ammunition, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, make sure you are prepared, a generator, all these things. Now, a space rock or an impact event, I would have to tell people, um, be aware if you've got any mines in your area, not open mines, but I'm talking like stone mines that go down 250, 500 feet. You know, Dave, I think that would be the best uh, information or strategy at the point in time of said if we're going to have an impact event is try to get as deep into the earth as humanly possible. Oh, man. Could the Space Force under Trump, could it be building a space fence? You know, that, and I <laughs> talked to uh, this guy that... Uh, I just mentioned here just right before you come on the broadcast and I, he brought up the same idea he said you know all this stuff they're putting up there it could be like you said a space fence you know kind of like uh, Reagan's uh, Star Wars so if like it all comes down to who ha- you know who has their fingers on the buttons and the abilities that they have to do whatever they can do with objects that may be coming in you know we saw that at, that uh, meteor in Chelyabinsk Russia when it exploded, a lot of people were saying that they think that something interdicted that. And if something hadn't have interdicted that, it could have been uh, like the uh, Tunguska event. So, I mean, I think that we do have the technology, but it depends on if they want to use it or if it's within their uh, agenda to use it, to defend us or if not use it against us. It all depends on whose fingers on the button, Dave, I believe. Well, these people are satanic, demonic. They're evil people. And 
um, there's nothing they won't do to take over. Uh, going after our republic is just one of many things I've accused them of. Destabilizing, changing our culture. I mean, I could go on down the list, but here's here's the bottom line for, for all this. These people, and I'm going to put my mental health therapist hat on here for a second. I believe these people would rather oversee the destruction of the United States than lose the control that they've gained in the last four months. What do you think? Abso oh, absolutely. Without a doubt, they would, uh, you know, burn the ship down with everybody on it and uh, flee to their redoubts. They don't want to see uh, the American people regain their strength, their freedom, their sovereignty for this republic. It's not a, dem it's not a democracy. You know, democracy is democracy in Latin. I don't know if you know this or if you've heard this before, but yeah, democracy in Latin means demon crazy. So these people are demon crazy. These Democrats are demon crazy. You can see it in their eyes. Yeah, they're like I said, yeah, they they want to burn it down. They're like an animal, a rabid animal backed into a corner with somebody poking at it with a pitchfork is what they're like. And they don't care who they hurt, who they maim, what they destroy, who that you know, they don't care. Because they've got their own redoubts in New Zealand, Australia, um, all these non-extraditable locations. Well, John, let's let's go down the uh, in, uh, the expected impact dates again. Can you give those out again? Uh, yes, sir. Let me uh, pull it back up here real quick. I've got a bad habit of just you know leaving my <laughs> bookmark stuff. So here it is. Uh, so 2011 ES4 is September 1st. That's, that one is being tracked by NASA. Now, this one here is the very ominous one. 40 meters across, 40-meter object. It's only being tracked by the European Space Agency, not NASA, so that should absolutely be waving a red flag for everybody to see. And it is 2018 SB13, and the date for that is September 22nd, and it is said to be a no-miss scenario. Uh, the third one is 2018 BP-1, and that is November 2nd. And interestingly enough, Dave, I come across a um, guy going through uh, the Torah Code, and he had found in the Torah Code Tuesday Elul 12, 5780, which that's the Jewish calendar, mm -hmm. which equals to the Gregorian calendar of September 1st, 2020, within the Torah code, it says asteroid on that date. Elul 12, 5780, yeah, September 1st, Doesn't that come out of the Bible codes that this means that, and it's kind of Bible's coded for ulterior events, ulterior motives? Right, you know, um, see that's the thing, some people can say, well, you know, an incident happens, and then they go to the Torah code, and then they do their uh, magic within that program system, mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah, it'll show the events that have already happened, but this guy has found this saying, you know, pre-calling this, so if everything adds up, I would have to say September 1st and uh, the 22nd, just eyes to the sky, be aware, have a plan, and do not panic. September what? September 1st. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's coming right up on us, Dave. It's, Just uh, when I was no. having fun. <laughs> That's okay. I'll get one more birthday in. But, um, man, oh, man, oh, man. 
So now the Space Force really takes on importance, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely does. You know, um, the, um, you know, see, they've got the con or the not contract, but the treaty, where you can't put um, anything radioactive, nuclear, okay, nuclear, uh, biological, or chemical in space. Well, lasers oh. fit into that category, and tungsten rods fit into that category. We since when do we follow the rules? <laughs> right. Yeah. No kidding. You know, I mean, uh, what was it I saw where they're wanting to put a nuclear reactor in space? I read an article the other day on that. <clears throat> the real aliens might show up if we do that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a Michael Rennie the day the Earth stood still. And if you don't stop what you're doing, we'll turn your planet into a burned out cinder. I don't know if you ever saw that movie or not. Oh yeah, absolutely. The day the Earth stood still, absolutely classic. Man. It is a classic. Yeah, and and Michael Rennie played that perfectly. Um, don't I hope they don't do a remake. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't want to know, because the remakes suck. Um, well, I was going to tell you they did, and yeah, it's nothing compared to the old black and white. I mean, pure spectacular movie, the original. You know, these remakes is so it's so they do them so over the top. You know, it's just. You know, entertainment isn't what it, it isn't what it used to be. I mean, I'm an old soul. I like the Laurel and Hardy, the Three Stooges, you know, uh, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> you know, I love that stuff. I can sit and watch that and just laugh for hours. The Honeymooners. Yeah. We were honeymoon. watching. Uh, we were watching Frasier reruns last night. Hilarious stuff. Um, right. You just have to look up beyond some of the lifestyle things, but, but. Um, th- this has really been fascinating. Tell people how they can listen to your radio show. Absolutely. I, uh, yes, uh, folks out there listening to this broadcast across the airwaves, the bandwidth and the ether, you can pick me up at freedomslips.com. That is freedomslips.com or revolution.radio. That will direct you to the same URL uh, page, which is our website for the station. And I broadcast every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the unequivocal truth, DEFCON 1. And folks, I assure you, we are in Defense Condition 1. <laughs> Boy, are we ever. We ever. John, this has been fascinating. And as we get closer to the first, I want you to keep me advised. And if we get more information one way or the other, I'll have you back on and we'll talk about it. Absolutely. And I'd love to have you on my broadcast again sometime. We'll sure, sure. Send, send, send me the invite through our Skypes and... And I'll look at the calendar, and then we'll set something up. But uh, we are flat out of time. we got to run. But thanks so much for joining us here on the Common Sense Show, John. Thank you for having me on, Dave. I greatly appreciate it, and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.